Traditionally, I think the everything is focused on the research team and you've got engineers working towards research teams. I think that's not the commercial model to do R&D. We need to have teams with different missions that can operate independently and then collaborate when needed. Hello, and welcome to the Research Valorization podcast series. My name is Sarah Jabber, Director at UIIN and your host for today. In this episode, we sit down with Hervé Harvard, Executive Director of Engineering and IT Solutions and Center Director of UTS Rapido based at the University of Technology, Sydney. We delve into the establishment of UTS Rapido, which is an innovation hub redefining how universities support industry with R&D innovation strategies. From addressing IP concerns to navigating cultural gaps, Hervé unveils the challenges faced in moving from research to commercialization. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. I'm really pleased to have our guest of today, Hervé Harvard, who's the Executive Director, Engineering and IT Solutions, uh, and the Center Director of UTS Rapido at uh, the University of Technology, Sydney. So just a bit of background about Hervé before we dive into the, the session. He's an accomplished technology leader and entrepreneur with 25 years working and leading teams in the digital innovation space for large multinationals such as Canon, Siemens, and Philips, and has worked across Europe, Australia, and Japan. In 2016, he joined the University of Technology, Sydney, and founded what is called UTS Rapido, which aims to change the way universities support industry with engineering and technology R&D innovation strategies. UTS Rapido is now a well-established model for industry to engage with universities and has been recognized by several awards over the years. So welcome, Hervé, and thank you so much for joining us. We had the pleasure of having you also as part of the Australia Forum we did in Brisbane together with Griffith University. And uh, there's a lot of interest in the work that you're doing at uh, UTS Rapido. So maybe just to kick off today's conversation, it would be great to understand a bit more around what is UTS Rapido uh, and maybe a bit around what is your mission when it comes to bridging that gap between uh, research and commercialization. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. And good afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone joining us today. So um, I'll try to explain yeah, what Rapido is and why we studied Rapido. And first of all, I'll say a little bit more about my background. So my background is commercial R&D. So I worked in the commercial sector in the R&D department for all of my career until I joined the university sector, mostly with large company and always in the technology domain. So mostly software, or digital technologies. I got approached by the university back in 2016, and the brief at the time was was relatively undefined. I think it was, but it was based on the recognition that there exists a gap between academia and industry. And I think after seven years in the university sector, uh, I've yet to have found anyone who will argue that there is no gap between uh, industry and academia. So I got recruited to look at, at that gap and to try to help the university engage with industry. Uh, now, we tried a few things, but fairly quickly, it, it was apparent and, uh, to me that there was some elements of that gap between university and industry, which are not quite well addressed. And we position repeater there. So I'll go through it in a little bit more detail. First of all, there's one which was not a problem here at UTS is the IP uh, issue. Industry coming to the university sector here in Australia have concerns about the IP. They expect to get the IP and they expect not to have very long and complex discussions around IP. Now, I'm lucky to be at UTS. We've got a directive that the project IP goes to our partners. So that was not an issue. The other elements of that gap that we're filling in Rapido is the cult- what I call the cultural gap. Everything that has to do, for example, project management, meeting deadlines, meeting the quality of the deliverables that have been agreed contractually. So 
all this professional approach to delivering a project, which industry uh, is used to and expects. We do that in Rapido by having people who are um, who have a background in commercial R&D and have worked with industry. Project management is just one of the tools they know how to use. And the other one, so we've got 30 engineers in Rapido. Uh, I say they are R&D engineers, so they're not researchers. We work with researchers but they feel what I call the technical gap. So as you move from research to product and you need to translate research knowledge or, or outcomes, you need to start focusing more and more on the delivery of the solutions as opposed to the discovery of new knowledge. And R&D engineers are very important in that story because their passion and their capabilities around building solutions. They could maybe some of them create new knowledge, but their passion is around creating solutions. So in a nutshell, Rapido is an innovation hub or a business unit within the university that is solely focused on delivering R&D capability for our external partners. And that R&D capability may involve key academics when we do need that depth of expertise, but it is managed by a seasoned project manager or technical leader, and it can deliver at a high quality through engineers, if that makes sense. Yeah, and definitely. And as you said, as we keep talking, it will become clearer specifically what you do. But I think you touched on a couple of things that would be interesting to maybe explore a little bit further. Uh, you mentioned, for example, how the IP issues uh, is usually one of those barriers, uh, but also some project management elements. We often talk about this gap. We talk about this valley of death. What do you see as the biggest challenges to go from research to commercialization? Is it some of those issues you've touched on or is there anything else you've observed in your work that can attribute to that gap? So I think I would add something, but I think what I mentioned is a key obstacles. So IP, no, it's not an obstacle for us, but it is a critical, like a lot of the industry partner, that's one of the top three questions they have, which means it was one of the top three concerns when they come to the university. They think IP is going to be an issue. It's not going to work out. The capability to to consistently deliver a, a professional in a professional manner our projects is also an obstacle and I'll say a little bit more around that someone recently told me that the university is, is a collection of soul traders now I like that I used to say it's a collection of SMEs but I actually think uh, that person was right it's more that's like soul traders and what that means is that there is the experience and the capability that is brought to the relationship very much depends on the academic teams that will work with industry. So the experience can vary from excellent to maybe not as, as good as the industry partners would expect. I think Rapido, by providing a layer to deliver on those R&D projects and operating more as a private R&D company, provides some reliability when it comes to what to expect from a project delivery, that makes sense. So it is an obstacle, but it's not an obstacle for all relationships. I'll share another thing that happened. So many years ago, I was presenting at a conference and it was around university and industry. And I had partners there where we had project with, and they had a panel with four industry people, including one of our industry person. And they all started saying, but complaining of the university, oh, the IP is difficult, oh, they don't give us real world outcome, oh, they don't do projects. And I think it was a little bit harsh because I had my partner there and I did ask a question to them to have them reflect because 
all of those partners were chosen because they've been collaborating with university. And all of them had amazing stories to share. Uh, it struck me. So, so I asked the question, so there are all these issues, but you actually have had a very successful relationship with the university. Your project is going really well. And they agreed with that. And it's interesting that even though they had projects that went really well, the perception was still that it was going to be a problem working in the university. And <laughs> yeah. I, I think the university needs to be cognizant of the perception that people have when they come to the university. It doesn't mean they have bad relationship. Those four people had fantastic projects with uh, university. But when they asked, is it easy or hard to work at the university? They all think it's hard. And it comes down to IP is one of them. Professional project management practices is another one. So these are obstacles. The last one was about the technical capability. So you need those R&D engineers. Any commercial company will have a, a series of teams or departments that take a technology through the research translation pipeline. And in the middle of that, or to do the, the D of R&D, you've got those R&D engineers. And the university sector, typically, they're not geared towards having a, a sustainable, established capability around that. They're usually attached to projects, and the projects are being led by academic. So they always tend to be more anchored in research than development. And the industry, including big partners, we had a big partner, one, like a very, Donna is a very large group. So it's, at the time, it was the largest private employer in, in Australia. And they got a, an output from research, which was uh, great algorithms and a proof of concept. And they, they told me, we can't do anything with that. And that's a big company. They didn't know how to move that to the next stage. So even for big companies, if there's a gap in the middle, so which is the valley of death, where you need those R&D engineers. And the university sector do not typically have a, a mechanism to have a, a sustainable team in that space. And that's an obstacle. I haven't changed too much uh, from what I said in the first question, but I've added the fact that I think the university being a collection of salt traders brings a lot of uncertainty uh, and, and variance in the relationship that the university have with industry. Maybe uh, just to follow up on that. So you mentioned that it's generally, it's usually a bit unlikely to have this specific capability or, or structure similar to what you have at uh, UTS Repito set up in universities. I'm curious, what was the motivation for the university to establish such a unit within the, the structures of the university? And maybe you can tell us a little bit more around why it was established and, and how it actually uh, fits so why was it established is an interesting question and I'll explain. In my view is that UTS or the University of Technology Sydney is a young university. I think it might be 35 years established. It was a, it was not a university before. It was a different type of organization. And I think that gives them a little bit of agility. That's not a word you often associate with university, but being young, I think they, they actually see and do things differently. They also have positioned them first they an institute, the technology focused, and they've always been leading when it comes to industry relationships. So it's, if you want, it's part of their DNA. So I think, and I know, Rapido was a little bit of an experiment. And it comes on the senior leadership of the university being confident that they need to experiment to try to fix the issue between industry and university. That's my view. It just comes down to the ability of the senior people to not just do what has been done forever. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and how do you work with other parts of the university academics? And maybe you can also expand on how do you work with industries? Do you go out and try to find customers or partners? Do they approach you? 
I can give a lot of details on this. So on the previous topic, I would say I looked at my competitive space. If we look at Trepido as an entity that needs to, to operate in a commercial fashion, and I've always I told the people in the university, I said, look, you've got all this very old university, and this is why I'm not worried, because it's very hard for them to do something which is new. In terms of engagement with industry, we established an independent business unit. For me, I see Repito as a research and development center whose core KPI are around delivering impact to industry and to not-for-profit. So we've got a branch of societal impact to not-for-profit as well through the Repito Social Impact Program. So there's two ways. Either we get a big project with industry. I'll use a, an example with a company called Transgrid, uh, which is an electricity company here in Australia that so provides electricity for consumers and businesses. On these big lines, which carries 300,000 volts, they want to be able to connect communication equipment so that they can provide communication around those tower. This particular project, which is fairly significant in size and fairly ambitious, we couldn't do it by ourselves. We needed an academic expert to prepare a concept of what the machine could be that we put up there on the power poles to extract powers. In that case, we work with an academic to be part of the team and to bring that expertise. Now, on the back of that, we can build the device. Now, the device is very big, and both oh, the academics, ourselves, and the partners thought it it was probably not going to be possible. Uh, so it is really research. So that's one way we, we approach the academics in particular disciplines to bring the expertise and, and deliver the project with us. The other way is the academic who are running projects with industry and they have an expertise. Let's use antenna design as an example. So they can design antennas, but they need to deliver a solution that use the antennas. Then they would engage Repito's capability so that they can deliver the, the project. Now in both cases, what we have is we have a multidisciplinary team yeah. between academic and Repito that is able to deliver a solutions at a high quality to our partners. So I can keep going, Sarah, but if you want to ask other yeah. questions, hopefully no. that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> that does. To... Yeah. So it, if I like it sounds, then you really are that intermediary in a way between you, you work with industry and bring that academic expertise because you're located in the university. But at the same time, you support the academics with their own work and through access to these capabilities that they may not otherwise have. So really several arms, both internally and externally. I think we are quite independent and I think it's very important. Traditionally, I think the research teams, everything is focused on the research team and you've got engineers working towards research teams. I think that's not the commission model to do R&D because that will result in everything staying into research. And my view is that we need to have teams with different missions and different disciplines that can operate independently and then can collaborate when needed so that we can really drive the solutions development while our research team drives the knowledge development. Because if, for example, we were to drive academic, we will drive them towards solutions development because we don't understand research. And equally, the research was driving the engineering team. They will drive this towards what they know, which is research. So you need those two entities. And most universities do not have those two entities. It's research. And that creates that gap in the middle. Exactly. And as you said, there's a lot of common challenges. And what you're doing presents an option for a solution that universities could consider. The devil is always in the details. So how do you run the unit? So, and how do you position the unit in the university? It comes in the details. In what I've seen from the university sector, I don't think anybody has a model like Repito. They might have other models that are fantastic. And I think I'd be uh, the first one to actually want to know about those models. But we've done something quite unique. And I think in the first few years, it, it, it did push a few boundaries in the university environment because it was different. 
and it was not quite traditional. Yeah. Uh, maybe a touch on, you mentioned a social program or social impact. And when we talk about commercialization, especially in an R&D um, engineering perspective, it's often more talking about commercial outcomes and commercial impact. So I'm just curious, yeah, what is the social program as part of uh, Rapido? And, and yeah, maybe you have some examples around social impact. So our main mission, you know, was to help, obviously, the, the faculty uh, and university and get your industry. Now, fairly quickly, I had a few not-for-profit came to, to Rapido wanting help with technology. Now, often the need for technology was not as advanced as industry. It's often like we want an app, we want to digitalize our processes, or we want a cloud system. So it's, it's not as advanced, but there was very limited options for them to get the work done. So the university, especially UTS, UTS put social impact as a key pillar of the university. So it was very obvious that we should support those organizations, but there was no mechanism in place. And so what we did in Repito, we created the Repito Social Impact Program. And we started by doing it pro bono. So we had a partner at the time called Streetkind. They're establishing safe space in the city of Sydney at night, on Friday nights and Saturday nights. And they have volunteers trying to dilute violence and reduce the risk of assault and theft and other things. It's been going on for a number of years. And they were tracking all of the incidents. They might help 100 people a night. They tracked everything on paper. And at the end of the night, someone had all the piece of paper and put it in that spreadsheet so that at the end of the year, they could show their impact to various organizations and secure funding. So that's critical process in their environment. So we digitalized that for them. That's just they wanted yeah. to digitalize that. So we did that pro bono. Now it's pro bono is very hard to sustain and to expand. So we do continue that with them. And what we do is what I call uh, low bono, which is we do it at cost. And sometimes we lose a little bit of money. We've done a recent project with, with a community precinct. So they it's called Checks. This organization is creating little gift cards that you can give to homeless people or other people. So I can give you, Sarah, a, a $10 gift card and you can go within the community and use it at the, at the bakery or the coffee shop or whatever it is that you, you need. So again, that was uh, physical. They didn't have a digital version of that. And that means it was a lot of work for them to manage. So you need a card and you need to print the card. It was a cost. So we did a digital version of, of this for a very small amount. We lost money, but it doesn't really matter because we do that for social impact. <clears throat> so pretty much the Repito Social Impact Program, we use our skills, what we're good at, which is technology development, to support the not-for-profit organization by uh, pretty much trying to make it as cheap as possible for them to engage with us. Great. Also really interesting examples. Thanks for sharing. Based on your experience, setting up a structure like UTS Repito and helping take research through to market and supporting academics and industry to collaborate, what advice or insights might you have for other organizations or maybe individuals within those organizations that are looking to bridge that gap? Well, if it's a university organization or a research institution, my advice would be to not underestimate the value of people with commercial background, uh, particularly people that have worked in the R&D space. I've said a number of times here at UTS, the UTS is struggling with an issue of translating research to business value. That Companies have, have sold forever because otherwise they wouldn't go very far. They have department and structures in place to make sure that the research is 
giving them the return on investment they expect. Now, it's a different situation for the university because they don't have a product. So they don't have the, the right-hand side of the graph. They only do the research. So it's a little bit harder. My advice would be to try to not do it by themselves, do it with industry and leverage the ideas and the, the expertise that people with industry background can bring into the university. For people in industry that want to bridge that gap, a few things I would advise one, I will go back to the example I mentioned earlier. Is sometimes I think they're too much. They've got, I don't know how you say it in English, but they just come in with ideas. They think a university is like that. And it's not funded on any experience. It's just, oh, it's going to be hard. They don't know the real world. They can't do it. It's not quite true. So I encourage those people to be a little bit more open when it comes to university. One thing that I found that industry never questioned is the wealth of expertise and knowledge in the university. They know. So these tremendous opportunities working with university. So I would encourage those people to just first, there's plenty of success story out there, not just assume that oh, it's going to be hard and, and not connect with university and be open because there's so many opportunities. They should chase those opportunities, explore opportunities with universities and, and try to make it work. I think industry, I've talked a lot about university in, in these 30 minutes, but industry has a lot to do as well. They need to go and, and realize how much they can get from university and try to extract some of that value. So exactly. that's my tip. But yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I think that's very useful and very valuable. And I, I completely agree with you that we, we have these stereotypes or these ex assumptions about working with industry or working with uh, universities. And it's about bridging that gap, but also breaking some of those uh, stereotypes. Yeah. Pretty agree, Sarah. All right, Hervé, we've reached the end of our time together. I'd like to thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing um, information and in your insights about commercialization and about UTS Rapido. Hervé, thank you again for joining us, and I hope you have a good rest of your afternoon. Thanks you for the inviting me. Thank you for listening to today's discussion. Follow UIAN on LinkedIn, and if you're enjoying our podcasts, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review in your podcast platform of choice to help other people find this content too.